question. What is your biggest challenge you face in maintaining your personal devotions? I'm putting together a online course teaching people how to reclaim their personal devotions, and I would love to hear your feedback. What's your biggest challenge in maintaining consistent personal devotions? Praise the Lord. I sent this question to some of you, and you got back to me today, and it was so encouraging to be able to hear all of your feedback and examples to see what my friends are doing in their daily lives that some of the things that are challenging them and with some of the things that they're finding that is bringing them sweet, sweet victory in Jesus with their personal devotions to, have to maintain that personal walk with God. And so today I'm going to be sharing with you seven of the most common challenges that I saw and seven ways that you can overcome these challenges. And I encourage you to really check it out. My favorite is number seven. I think you'll really like that one. And for those who don't know, my name is Enoch Leffingwell, and I love helping young people to identify their, pa their talents, their passions, and to be able to dedicate them to the Lord's service. I truly believe God has a place for every man, woman, and child in his service. And it's in the water men learn how to swim, not on the land. He has gifted you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to use you to give glory to him, to bring others to a saving knowledge of the truth and to Jesus Christ. And there's no greater joy than sharing with others what God has shared with us. So that's what at the Army of Youth, we focus on helping young people to find their purpose and their calling in life. That's what we do. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. So let's dive right into these seven big challenges and what to do about them. Some, so one of the big, big challenges that I found from uh, interviewing each of you was a lot of, I kept hearing like finding the time and that just the days get busy. There's a lot going on and managing themselves and trying to like waking up early and, and late and and trying to figure out how can I find the time to have that devotions. And you know, one of the things that I found consistent that people who struggled with this but overcame was that one big thing is they had a schedule. They, they chose in their life that I'm going to meet God in this hour of prayer. Like this time in every morning, I'm going to commune with God and commit to that. Having a time evening and morning and at noon will I cry and pray out loud. That's what David did in Psalms 55. Daniel, three times a day, he prayed to God and he had those set specific times. Even when his life was at stake in chapter 6, he still stayed true to his devotions to God. So making a time at the same time each, each, week, each day will greatly help but another really big thing is just realizing that you have time for what you make time for. Now you're watching this video, you're making time for this. If you take this time to spend with God, you're able to, to find time for what you make time for. When you're saying that you don't have time to study the Word of God, what you're really telling me is that you're not prioritizing the study of the Word of God. because. What we prioritize, we make time for. And that is a really big one. So I encourage you, just have, find a, choose a time 
make that time because you prioritize your time with God and you know how meaningful it is when you spend that time with your loving Savior. So that's tip number one and challenge number one is just finding the time. Number two is the waking up too late or not waking up early enough and then having to rush off to work or having to take care of the duties in, in life or chores around the home or people coming in, maybe it's parents or roommates or friends or, or children that are grabbing your attention. So one thing that really helps is to at, j- just remember in Genesis chapter one, God said the evening and the morning was the first day. So really our day begins at night. What you decide to do in the evening prior to your devotions has everything to do with whether you're going to wake up on time to meet the Lord when He is near. So in the evening, choose a time that you want to go to bed so that you can wake up. And in the evening, if you if you struggle with, um, if, if you need an alarm, set an alarm. But uh, social, the, the really a big challenge in the morning is that people, they grab for the, their cell phone, they grab for their phone, and the first thing they want to do is check social media or a ding goes off, and they're like, oh, let me go check out what I miss, and we want that like dopamine spurt. We're like, oh, someone liked my, my post. So don't do that. Don't, don't check your inboxes. Turn your phone on airplane mode the night before. That way you can still use your alarm to wake up on time and spend that time with the Lord. And not until after you have your devotions, then that's when you're able to um, turn on airplane mode and, and see what, what you've missed during the night. And um, I find that, that people have been really enjoying that and hearing your comments and your feedback. Airplane mode's a way to go. If you haven't done that, start it. Do it for five days and tell me if it doesn't improve your devotional life. Another thing that um, helps with with waking up early in the morning is uh, sleeping with your windows open. Because at nighttime, we need fresh air. And and if you ever wake up and you're feeling groggy and, you, and it's like you had a full eight hours of sleep and but you're still so tired, try sleeping with the window open in your room. You'll find that you have more refreshing mornings and you're just ready to take on the world dedicate your life to God and lay all your plans at his feet and then get to acquaint yourself with the love letter from Jesus every single day it's opening your windows at night makes a big difference I'm telling you about that so that those are some things that can help you to wake up in the morning um, on time to be able to spend with the Lord and number three is uh, people find that if they are having their devotions in bed, then they fall asleep. And like I know for myself, if I wake up and I'm trying to like read my Bible and, and I'm trying to study in, in my bed, then pretty much 10 times out of 10, I'm going to go to sleep. So I found what I needed to do and I found what others are saying to do is to get out of bed, get off the couch, get out of some comfortable, cozy area and go sit at a desk, go sit at a chair, or go sit at a table where you're not used to or super comfortable at, and just have a designated environment or desk that you have your devotions. When you wake up, you pray to God, 
you drink some water, you go out to that desk, then you're able to have your devotions and you're not nearly as tempted to to fall asleep in between your um, your your the different lines as you're reading. So have a designated place. That's how you're able to overcome in that area. Another thing that people were saying, number four, challenge number four, is that a lot of times maybe they're discouraged in life or maybe they're going through a, a hardship with their family, with their friends financially or at a job and their mind is just, they're, they're, they're really perplexed. And because they get discouraged, they don't really feel like opening the Word of God. Or, or maybe they have, they have sinned and, and they are, um, they, they're feeling a guilty conscience. So they don't feel like spending time with God or feel like, uh, like studying that day. But here's the thing. Romans 1.16 says, The just shall live by his faith, not feeling. Feeling is as far away from faith as the east is from the west. That's an infinite distance, my friends. And if you, we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm sure that Abraham in Hebrews 11, um, when Abraham was offering his son, his one and only son who he loved, Isaac, to be sacrificed, it says by faith, he probably wasn't feeling very good with the idea of having to sacrifice his only begotten, his only son, but by faith, he was willing to obey when he heard the call of God. So there's some things that we just have to do. And I'll, I'll encourage you, friends, that it's at the time when you feel like praying the least is when you need to pray the most. Satan knows all who he can lead to neglect the studying of the Word of God and prayer will be overcame by Him. You see, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. This is what we're able to wield to be able to fight off the attacks of the enemy and to be able to wage a good warfare. Why would you want... Think about if you were to go to the war and you didn't bring your, your weapon, you didn't bring your, your bulletproof vest and all your armor, why would you go step in a warfare without your weapons? 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 3, 4, and 5 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We need to equip ourselves for the struggle so that we're not disarmed and confused when we're up against a daily battle, our devotions is the time to put on the whole armor of God so we can be marching forward into victory. And without this, how are we going to wage a good warfare? So I encourage you, friends, if, if you're struggling, then um, don't give up your devotions. Now is not the time. It never pays, friends. I promise you at that. So... That's what, that's what people find to be very helpful when they are uh, struggling to have their devotions in that area. Now, tip number five is, um, is sometimes, as, as I was hearing um, some different feedback from you, is sometimes you guys have been struggling to know what, are, um, what you should study. Or, or maybe you find that it's kind of dry. You've been going over the same stories, you've been going over the same things over and over, and 
you, you want to spend time with God, but there's nothing that really kind of like draws you or sucks you in that you just can't put down. And um, so in order to help make your devotion so intensely interesting, this is what you do. Study what's relevant. What do I mean by that? I mean, be intentional with your devotions. You are going through daily decisions, real struggles, serious trials, specific circumstances that are trying your faith. Why, if you're needing counsel from God and direction from God on a specific area in life that's about to determine your destiny or change your life, whether that is who you're going to marry or where you're going to live, where you're going to work, where you're going to get an education, what are you going to do? Why would you not consult God in that decision and bring him into your life? Because the safest and happiest place we can ever be is in the will of God, friends. And as we invite God to teach us what he would have us to do, by studying what is relevant and using our devotions to actually pull out the verses and the promises that are going to give us strength regarding the specific trial that we're going through. Oh, friends, when you study what's relevant, your devotions become so intensely interesting that you just can't wait for the next time. And you, it's hard to put back. It's like you see the day's duties and you're like, oh, but but I'm finding so much counsel, so many answers are, so many of my questions are being answered and you just can't put it down. So if you want your devotions to be super interesting, study what's relevant. I'm telling you, it will change everything. And if you don't really know how to find the relevant verses, I understand. I was like that for several years. But I, I've learned some, some principles and some tips that have really helped to extract direction from God, which is why we're putting together a program called directionfromgod.com where we will be teaching you in depth how you can find these verses and understand the will of God from the Word of God and study what's relevant in your devotions. It's going to be a life-changing experience when you do that. So that would be tip number five. Tip number six, uh, a common thing that people have been having uh, challenges with is that um, they are... They're, they're, they have to get to work. A, a, lot of, um, a lot of men, especially, they were sharing that they need to provide for their family. They have work that they have to do during, during the, the day, and they want to spend time with God, but they're not sure how to make all of this fit and um, getting up early enough. And uh, that, it's definitely a challenge, and I, and I see this reoccurring over and over, and, and uh, I, I understand the struggle, and, it, and it's real. Um, but one thing that I would encourage you, if this is you, that, you, that you're going to work and, and you are um, trying to balance devotional life and family providing, is to, one, get up earlier. And one way you can do that is, is honestly spend less time on social media right before you're going to sleep. Because if you turn off your screen and maybe like read a book as you're going to sleep, you might be exhausted, you might be tired, but pray. As you spend time with God in the evening, just as you're going to bed, it'll help you to wind down. Try not to wind down on social media because when you're looking at that light, it actually uh, it, it lessens the amount of melatonin that's produced in your brain 
that is your drowsy, sleepy hormone that helps you to feel uh, to be tired and rested at night. So I encourage you, turn off the screens, go to sleep earlier, wake up a little bit earlier. And there's some powerful things um, called e um, audiobooks. If you don't know about audiobooks, I really encourage you to start checking some of those things out because you could listen to the Word of God in um, in audio. And if you have any commute to work, if you're driving 15, 20, 30 minutes, then listening to the Word of God makes a powerful difference. Think about it this way. 30 minutes every day in the course of a year will actually amount to about an entire month of eight-hour work weeks. If you're working eight hours a day, five days a week, you'd have an entire month's worth of work that is actually just flooding your mind with Bible truths and hearing the words of God. It is powerful if that's some of, sometimes the only thing that you could do. Another thing that's really powerful for when you're working and you have a lot going on is to get scripture cards. Even if it's just committing to memory a precious promise, a relevant promise to help you get through a specific thing that you're going through, write it down on, on a card or write it down somewhere that you can flip through, that you can see. So when you go to the bathroom at work, you're able to check and you say, oh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against me. Um, Psalms 119 verse 10. Nope, it's verse 11. Okay. And then you do it again. And then you're able to go through during lunch, during bathroom breaks, maybe um, while you are waiting for an appointment, whatever the case, if it's in your pocket, if it's somewhere accessible, you just pull it out and memorize the scripture. So it, it may not always be about reading new things, but you can meditate on the Word of God. And as you're working with your hands, you can be thinking, well, what does that mean for um, that I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipe at the dish? Or you can see like, you can meditate on the parables of Christ and you're like, the sower that went forth to sow, some fell on on the thorny grounds and they were choked up and they were caught up with the cares of this life. The deceitfulness of riches just drowned out the word of God. And you can consider it's like, Lord, am I being choked by the cares of this life so that providing for my family, which I need to do, or, or maybe the deceitfulness of riches is, is causing me to, to compromise my time with you. And as you're, you're considering the different parables of Christ, you, God will bring to your remembrance other verses. He'll, he'll teach you things. And that's a way that you can train your mind in a channel of spiritual things so that you can still spend time with God even while you are working your 9 to 5 and providing for your family. That's a way that can be really powerful for uniting you with heaven so you don't have to compromise. So number seven this is one of the challenges that have uh, people have been really struggling with, and I see it um, coming up often. And um, I just is is this format? People are not sure how they should study or what they should study, and I find that um, what's really helpful in in my experience is I like to put together. A personal encyclopedia that every time that I'm studying I'm creating a page for that subject and I, I put together a list if something jumps out at me 
I put together a list on uh, the verses, the quotes, the the concepts that are that God is speaking to me through His Word, and I'm writing it down on on a page. Um, I like to use Google Docs for that. You might have a journal, you might have a another app or something, but um, w- somewhere where you're able to document your experience. And I call this a personal encyclopedia because it's basically like an encyclopedia is a book that has all of the the thing, all of these uh, this information categorized by subject, and it's so it's kind of like your encyclopedia, so it's personal. These are all of the Bible subjects that I have studied that, that God has showed me, and it's all categorized by subjects. So I can just pull up anything that I want at any time. So if someone asks me about a specific subject, I'm like, okay, well, let me see what I have, and boom, pull it up, whether I have internet or not internet. Then I can just share and be ready always to give an answer for anyone who asks me for the reason of the hope that's in me with meekness and fear, just like 1 Peter 3.15 says. And so those are really, really powerful tools is to start developing your personal encyclopedia. And if you haven't seen the last video that I did about um, five life-changing journals that you'll wish you started sooner rather than later, you'll want to check out that video because I, I go into more detail about what the personal encyclopedia is as well as some other journals that would really make a difference. But basically, documenting your devotions will change everything. And it, and it encourage you to see as you're making progress where it starts with three pages, then it goes to 30 pages, and then you start to see 300 and 3,000, and then you're like, whoa, a lot has been accomplished in a short amount of time, and you can share that with other people. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you spend a little bit of time with Jesus consistently every day. You'll find that your heart begins to change. The habits you've been struggling with for so long that you're trying to overcome they, they tend to start fading away. The things of this world grow strangely dim and, and you find that, that God is changing you. It's almost imperceptible. But when I know when I don't have my devotions, when I allow those things to lack, even if I'm doing good things, I find that it is everything in my life doesn't really go as well. And... Um, I'll even give you a bonus because I love you so much and I know you guys care and um, you're really trying to maintain consistent devotions. Bonus number eight is sometimes we get caught up doing good things and we are so busy helping people that it crowds out our own personal experience and that is not good. I know that I have been involved in ministries where um, leaders have had so much responsibility on their shoulders that they feel that they don't have time to study the Word of God. And, and I've seen gospel workers that are out going, uh, doing evangelism every day. They're knocking on doors, selling books. They're, they're giving Bible studies and uh, being in an environment where they're just like, go, 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 trying to win souls for Christ. But then if the schedule is so busy that you don't have time to come apart and rest a while or to be able to spend with God. And then it starts to crowd out that personal piety. And really, we can't give what we don't have. So it's really important that we're able to to not neglect the um, proving our own self, the self-examination, that, that daily examination of our life. And to really um, spend time with God while we may be so busy answering other people's questions 
that we neglect our own questions. And I know that the times that I've done that, my days have been, I've been more discouraged. I have been more, more like tired mentally. It's like things didn't work as well. The times where I've really been recharged and I got my batteries charged, just like you charge your cell phone, we need to be recharged. You wouldn't want to leave your cell phone uncharged for a day or two or on, on a consistent basis. But it's like, likewise, the Word of God is our daily food. And when we don't eat of that bread, we get weak. And we're not ready to go to battle. And we're not able to show up as well for our family, for our friends, for the people that are counting on us. And, um, and I, I realize that one of the best ways that we can help others is to make sure that we are spiritually fed of God. And that we do not neglect the um, spiritual nourishment that we get from God. There's a saying that I heard that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Think about that. Are you too busy for God? Was he too busy for you when he sent his only begotten son to die for you? And um, so let's remember that, friends. These are the seven most frequently commented subjects and challenges that people are facing. And these are seven plus one tips that we can use to overcome some of these challenges. Let me know in the comment section which tip did you find most helpful and which one are you going to start doing or what tip or let me know what are the biggest challenges that you face because I'd love to hear from you. Maybe there was something that wasn't covered and I'm so excited to be able to piece all of these together in a step-by-step format with worksheets that you could practically apply to your life and see how you can extract and apply to your specific circumstance how to how to maintain how to reclaim your personal devotions i think all all of you who have given feedback who have responded it's really been a beautiful day today being able to talk to you on these subjects of what's worked and what hasn't worked and what you're challenged with i we're in this together and i'm so excited that we have each other in this army of youth that we're able to to press towards the mark of our high calling because god truly has a plan and a purpose for your life and mine. I'm excited. And this this course that we're putting together, Reclaim Your Personal Devotions, is going to be a part of the Direction from God program. You'll get instant access when you sign up. And um, we're in the process of putting this program together. I'm super excited about it. And um, if you want to know more information, just go to directionfromgod.com. And sign up for the mailing list so that you can be in the loop, be the first people to find out what's going on in the in the advancements as they come. So really check that out. I'd love to see you on the other side. Thank you so much for watching. I pray that this has been helpful. If it has, go ahead and share this video with someone else or tag them in the comments below. Because if you could relate to any of these, I'm sure your friends could relate too. And you can make the difference in their life by sharing with them how they can be more consistent with their personal devotions. And I can't wait to hear your comments to see what you have found to be helpful in your walk with God. Thank you for watching. Have a great day.